Hey, welcome back to chapter 7, Song of Songs, Working with Christ. Let's finish the chapter. So now what do we see? We see Jesus now talking about her, your stature is like a palm tree. That's a beautiful thing. Psalm 92, 12 to 13, the righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. Your stature, you're upright. When you're walking down the street, keep your back straight. Let people see. You're proud to be a Christian and you will grow like the cedars in Lebanon. You, and your breasts are like its clusters. Now this is kind of interesting. Like its clusters. Your, your, your breasts have so much to offer the lost. So take care, Jesus says in 8.18. Take care how you listen. For whoever has, to more shall be given. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, he, it shall be taken. So you want to continue to study the scriptures. So you get more and more things that you can share with people. It's not a matter of the gospel plan of salvation. One, three, four, five. That's it. Let's get dunked. No. We're here to help people to get into the Word, and we're here to get into the Word. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit stalks. What's he doing? He's checking out the fruit stalks. Is there fruit on there? Jesus says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. God's concerned with the fruit that you're putting out, and he's going to climb the tree to make sure it is doing the things that it's doing. And if it's not, it gets eliminated. Revelation, I know your deeds. I know your tribulations. I've been there. I understand. You know, we need to remember that God knows exactly what's going in my, on in my life, which is what she needed to learn when she said, come to my garden. He says, I have come. I have got. I have eaten. God knows what's going on in our lives, and when we come to the cross, we need to be talking to him about, do we know what's going on in our lives, and comparing ourselves to Christ, and not comparing ourselves to other people. May your breasts be like the clusters of the vine. So much to offer other people. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him, and Philip opened up the Old Testament for him. Are you prepared to open up the Old Testament for people to see, you know, the Word of God? Are you prepared to jump into Isaiah? Can you jump into Daniel, uh, Genesis, you know? That's the clusters of the vine. Your, your teaching is, you know not just limited. It's not just a five-point study and you've got them in the water. No, you want to be able to explore the Word of God with people. And so it's got to be the clusters of the vine. And the fragrance of your breath like apples. Apples, chapter 2, 3, he's the apple tree, right? The Word of God. In chapter 8, 5, that's where I awoken you, right? Where? It, with the Word of God. So, you know, when people smell your breath, it smells like apples. It smells like what? The Word of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterances of God, says Peter in chapter 4. 1 Peter 4, verse 11. And in 2 Corinthians, he says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him, of Christ, in every place, wherever we go. They can smell that knowledge of Christ. For, for we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. People can hear when we're around and know what we're about. They need to be able to. And your mouth, 
your mouth like the best wine. The word mouth is not well translated. It's palate, which means it's the taste in your mouth. The taste in your mouth is like the best wine. That's what he's talking about. Every man serves the good wine first when the people have drunk freely. Then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. John 2.10 That lesson there is not about the miraculous ability to change water into wine. It's the miraculous ability to change the Old Testament, the water of the Word of God, into the living Word of God. That's the miracle. It happens when the obedient people of God take that water and deliver it. People, when they go to the Old Testament, it's plain, ordinary water. It's historical. But when the child of God takes that Old Testament to people and teaches them, it becomes the living word, and they're just amazed. Because when they go, there's nothing there but history. When we teach them, they're just, you know, wow. You know, it's so exciting. And that wine needs to go down smoothly for my beloved. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink his blood, You've got no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. At the beginning of this chapter, what did she have? She had a belly full of wheat because she's feeding on the word of God. And the word of God goes down smoothly. Oh, love Revelation. Revelation 10.10. 10. Highlight this thing, right? I took the little book out of the angel's hand. Now, this I just love because it says, I took the little book. The little book is the word of God. You know, whether it be the revelation or, or, or the whole word of God, but it's God's word. It's a little book. It's the biggest thing in the entire world. But he'll say, it's the little book. And I ate it. And in my mouth, sweet as honey. Remember we said, word of God is honey, sweet as honey. And when I'd eaten it, my stomach, it was made bitter. It's sweet going down. The word of God's lovely. It's so beautiful. But once it's digested, we start to see the ugliness that's in the world. And we see our family and friends and the struggles that they're in because they don't understand this book. And now it's tough for us and we're trying to figure out how to reach them. It goes down smoothly for my beloved. But now, now the New American Standard will say flows gently over the lips or through the lips of those that are asleep. That's not true. When you look at the true... Uh, interpretation. It is gliding over the lips of those, of those that are asleep. Remember in chapter 5, she went back to bed. She was sleeping. I was asleep, but my heart was awake. But you were asleep. You're still in bed. You don't understand the spiritual things, right? A natural man doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. She was asleep. Right? 1 Corinthians 11, 29 to 30. This is what happens in everybody's church. Because there's some who eat and drink and eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. The Lord's Supper. For this reason, many of you are weak, sick, and a number sleep because you're not understanding what the Lord's Supper is about and remembering the death, burial, the resurrection and what that means to yourself and you are a part of a living body and you are responsible to be a part as you reach out to help other people. It glides right over the lips of those that are asleep, spiritually asleep. You've got to open your mouth and you've got to feed on the Word of God so that you your palate tastes like apples and your breath smells like apples and that's going to go down but if you are sound asleep you're going to miss it and that's such a horrible thing to know and to understand and that's a big warning right there now we're switching over here she comes 
She's learned all of this stuff. She understands how he looks at her. And she says, my beloved, I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Better translation, his longing is for me. Don't put it on a, a physical, sexual idea. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 4, what's Jesus' desire for us? To be saved. For all men to be saved. James 4, 5, his spirit which lives inside of us jealously desires us. Because as he lives inside of us, he sees us running off doing foolish things, not focusing on the word of God. And he can't stop us. And he jealously desires for us to do the right thing. But he can't because we are our own independent 2 Peter 3.9, God is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. His desire is for me. His longing is for me to be with him in heaven or to get to that new earth, to spend eternity with him. That's the longing that I need to understand. So come, my beloved, let us go into the country. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us rise early in the vineyards. Let us see whether the vineyard is budded, its blossoms have opened, and whether pomegranates have bloomed. There I'll give you my love. What does she learn? That we're not saved to work for Christ. We're saved to work with Christ. She's prepared herself. He said, I love what I see. You're ready to go and do the work that I've called you to do. And she's saying, okay, let's do it. And let us do it together. And that's where I'm going to give you my love. If you love me, Christ says, you will keep my commandments. By this we know we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. That's where I will give you my love. I will be obedient. And here's a really good teaching. John 21, 15 to 17. I know a lot of people say agape and phileo mean nothing. Agape and phileo mean absolutely everything to understand this. And this is the Great Commission at the very end of John chapter 21. Do not throw this out. Jesus says, do you agape me? Do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I like you. I phileo you. Tend the lambs. Do you agape me? Well, of course, you know, I phileo you. Feed the sheep. Do you phileo? The third time Jesus says, do you phileo? And that's what upset Peter. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know everything. I like you. Tend my sheep. What's going on? Peter's finally understanding to say the truth because before he would say, I would never deny you and off he goes, right? But no, Peter's saying, no, no, I, I, know, I, I know I don't love you. I do not agape you, but I do like you. And Jesus says, how do you turn like into love? Tend my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, get to work. Learning to agape Christ means learning to go to work with Christ, with his sheep, with his garden and doing the work. Peter uses the word agape when he writes first and second Peter, right? He understands after a lifetime of working with the people of God. But he knew at the first he only liked him. You grow into agape and you need to understand that. And when you do, that's where I'll give you my love, Lord. When? When, when I'm serving you in your garden. The mandrakes have given forth fragrance. Warning, warning, warning. Mandrakes, superstition, idolatry. It's not, because some, okay, the commentary you're reading, if it says love is in the air, take that commentary and throw it in the trash. Do not give it to some place where they can resell it. You don't want anybody to read this thing. It's not about love is in the air. Get rid of those foolish commentaries that say it's about sexual relationship between a husband and wife. Don't resell it, trash it. 
The mandrakes in the air is talking about idolatry, superstition. Rachel purchased the mandrakes from Leah by trading off her turn to sleep with Jacob, thinking the mandrakes would help her get pregnant. Read the text. God listened to Leah, blessed her with the son. Leah gets pregnant because Leah is not struggling with the idolatry and, and the superstition. Superstition is in the air and you can see it everywhere and on TV and, and you've got to be aware of that. You've got to get that nose going, right? Yeah, the mandrakes are giving forth fragrance and your radar needs to be going off saying, warning, warning, warning. Mandrakes are used of the plants that we talked about before. They're used for pain. Too much will kill you. It's poisonous in large quantities. The apples of the plant, the large berries cause sleepiness. The mandrake is not a good thing to use, right? The world offers idolatry and superstition. And when the world listens, it puts the world to sleep, spiritually speaking. Mandrakes are the aroma of the idolatry, not love in the air. But over our doors, other choice fruits, both new and old, which I have saved up for you, my beloved. Choice fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. New and old, from the New Testament, from the Old Testament. Every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a household, the head of a household who brings out of his treasure things new, things old. I'm prepared for the world because over our doors is the word of God. Over our doors are, is the good, not the mandrakes. So stature upright, breast numerous teachings to offer the lost, breath aroma of, of Christ. Your, your palate, you taste that wine. Christ longs for our success, our salvation. To succeed, we need to go spend, rise, see. We need to let us work with Christ. Obedience turns like into love. Danger and idolatry are around us everywhere. But we are protected. All of us who are working with Christ by his blessings. An incredible chapter that Song of Solomon chapter 7 is. I look forward to chapter 8. Thank you for watching.